freaky, spooky friends. How's it going? So good. Good evening. Oh, good evening. Kylie's got some new uh, mood lighting that is really very special. We're going to have to take a pic or oh, even a video for no, the people video, at some point so they can see the the magic that you're working with. <laughs> She's got this like color changing light. And when I first hopped on the call with her, she was in red light. It looks like she was in the fiery pits of hell. True. <laughs> I love it. Verified. It is the best thing ever. It's really a vibe. And I'm digging it. Kind it. Of, it's all for you guys. kind of feels like you. we're like at a, a rave or something. It's good for seasonal depression. Yeah. You know? Like you Color. can really change up that mood. Get, get it to, to where you want. <laughs> Kylie's going to have to share where she got that so everyone can get their own. <laughs> We'll send the link. I, I feel bad saying I got it from Amazon. I know we're supposed to be boycotting. Oh, oh. my God. <sighs> but that's where I got it. Kylie. It's the... Okay. Well, Kylie, find the... Uh, you the OG know. store. I will. Yeah. Do you like Jeff Bezos or something? <laughs> no. Yeah. No way, Jose. You guys learned the truth about Kylie here today. Yacht and say adios, mother. <laughs> Trucker. oh well you know uh i think uh should we get into it real quick and i don't know what are we getting down and dirty well first off we're the golden ghouls Alyssa, kylie emily and it's time to get spooky Ooh, nice melodic (laughs) <laughs> she she held that note um it's another installment of ghoul talk Ooh, yay yeah and it's a it's a fun one but we've come to the end of our stockpile so uh everyone who's like i'm gonna send my story you better send it to us no right this minute listen i came here prepared to give a call out to give She's a shout call. out Ooh. to the listeners we ain't got enough in the pocket yeah, I want to pull something empty. out. I want yeah. all. I want to get. I want to have too many stories to read. Yeah, and that's not that's happening. The thing. It's not. We're we've hit a we've hit a small lull. So and, everyone who's uh-huh. like, I'm sending a story, stop lying straight to my face lying. and uh, send it to us at the Golden Ghouls Podcast at gmail.com. Right. Let's let's stack that inbox back up. Make it rain on these ghouls mm-hmm. and um let's get scary. That's what I'm saying. I know all of you have stories. I know they I've do. I've heard I've had too many DMs. Oh yeah. I've had too all, many slides. I was about to say I people are constantly sliding into the DMs like, "Hey, I have a story. You need to hear it. All right, lay it on me, baby." Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. All right. Now that we've said it, We'll give the good ones to you. The ones who came through. Yeah. The ones are here for the spooky talk. Uh Uh-huh. Luckily, my ghouls are just very, you know, they're flexible. They're handy. And we've been able to spread out our work. Yeah. You know? (laughs) Some of my Fatimas are are ghoul for the century. Yes. 
You know who has shared so many stories? Fatima. Fatima. And you know what? I know she's got more. She does. So. Love it. Love her. Yeah. Fatima says, okay, ghouls, you ready? Hell yeah. (laughs) This just happened to me a few weeks ago. You must think I'm highly unusual, which I am, but still. I can't make this shit up. So I'm sleeping. The next thing I know, something nestled into my armpit. Weird, I know, but on occasion, one of my girls will do that, so I thought nothing of it at first. Immediately, I started touching her hair to comfort her. This is my 13-year-old. As I went to her hands, I quickly sensed that this was not my child, not either of my children. Again, for the umpteenth frickin' time, sleep paralysis comes on. Yep, that's right. Sleep effing paralysis. (laughs) Then something similar to an electrical energy started generating on the left side of my body. Let me go back a bit. My daughter is going through that 13-year-old difficult time. I always say, your ass couldn't pay me to go through that time again. Anyway, (laughs) the reason I mentioned this is because I simply thought she was having a rough go at it. But I now realize hindsight is always 20-20. This entity wasn't feeding off of my concern for my daughter. Back to the scary as shit moment. I lay there on my back, unable to move while this imposter was nestled in my armpit. I mean, the stench alone should be enough to keep you away. I'm kidding. (laughs) I swear I'm clean. This little (laughs) being was smushing into me harder and harder. Eventually, I was able to pop out of my paralysis and it was gone. Vanish. I jumped around out of the right side of my bed and went right to my daughter's room to make sure she was okay. And she was. Then it occurred to me, a little child used to visit me when my eldest was just a newborn. A psychic told me it was my five-year-old girl who latched onto me when I was pregnant. I felt this to be true at the time, and without much thought, it felt as though this entity was the same one. And she used to stand in my doorway in the middle of the night with a headband and a dress. She had black hair and felt extremely sinister to me. On occasion, she would ruffle up the covers on my bed. She haunted me until my daughter was about three and started to talk. Once my daughter could talk, don't know, don't you know she would describe the same girl to me? After the armpit entity came, I called my cousin, which I do frequently, regarding all the things haunted. She told me that the night before, she felt a sudden onset of panic that came out of nowhere at approximately 1.30 a.m., And then I realized that was about the time that I was checking on my daughter. Like, what the hell? And furthermore, no damn answers. So anyway, I'll send you more stories down the road. 
You guys are amazing. Please let me know if you need any clarification. Had a couple of glasses of red on this fine evening. Haha, <laughs> I'm drunk feeling <laughs> the ghouls. Stay spooky. Fatima. We love it. What? Wait, this the is kind of crazy. Is it not? I mean, it's so spooky. So, like, she thinks that this entity was, like, kind of feeding off of the concern that she was feeling for her daughter and, like, taking advantage of that and kind of, like, masking itself Mm. as, you know, like, one of her kids, maybe. Yeah. To, like, ugh, that's so creepy. But also she said that originally, like... This was this there was this five year old entity who had kind of latched onto her when she was pregnant, which I've heard like and we've heard stories of um, other pregnant folks like noticing more activity around them. So maybe this like little spirit entity was just looking for a mother figure. But I wonder if she's like, yeah, that's. No, thank you. No ghost children um, in my armpit. Thank you. (laughs) You know, sometimes I'm like, I think my armpit is really delightful because it smells like burgers. (laughs) Like burgers? (laughs) Like Whataburger or Burger King? Oh, Burger King has a very specific smell because they ha- they do that like charbroil like. thing. I think just like a damn good fucking burger sometimes, and I'm like, am, am, is it because I'm craving a burger? That's just craving. I She's don't know. what comes like, first. But if if the like, ghost wants to come up in here with that burger smell, I get it. She gets I it. I get it because you're missing out. <laughs> We're learning a lot today. We are. I'm gonna sniff those pits the next time I see you. Please do. I mean, Open but up you gotta wide. wait. You gotta wait. This is not like all the time, you know. It's like a prime it's, moment. Oh, yeah. Get it prime, like steak, like that steak in the burger. It's yep. prime moment. <laughs> <laughs> I might, I might take that back. I may not be able to physically, emotionally. <laughs> It's really only for people who eat burgers. Exactly. The Angus. Yeah. The Angus yeah, is yeah. of the world. The, the Angus. <laughs> and may, you know, maybe that's my husband. Good old Angus. <laughs> He's loving it. All right. Shall we go to the second story? Yeah. Yes. And it's a long All boy. Right. So Kylie and I will be a. Uh, co-reading this one if you will co-reading you know what would be horrible and horrifying if we read it together oh my god no <laughs> oh my god no, at the you. same time cute but no that'd be <laughs> no, so we'll never cute do that. of you guys okay what color should I set my uh, strip lights red. to we're on green right now you want red yeah. I don't know this one is like, pretty spooky so I think red is fitting okay cool I'm feeling it. Okay. Okay. So this is from our friend Brandon. Hey, here's the second story. Hope you guys enjoy it. My life interests are split into two categories. History. Revert back a few shows to my epic Civil War ghost story. 
and music. The latter shaping what would become a full-time dream career in the music industry as a producer, audio engineer, and musician. Sometimes both of these worlds, history and music, get to collide. Such was the case when I formed the Wayfarers in the winter of 2009. If you aren't hip to the genre, most people upon first listen would just call it bluegrass, but it's much, much older than that. The technical term for the music we play is called old time music or Appalachian mountain music. This is a style that predates what we now know as modern bluegrass by about 200 years. The melodies were brought here by the Scots-Irish immigrants and merged with the rhythms of African-American slaves. It was further cultivated in Appalachia and the Deep South in the 19th century, and it's still very much alive and well today. A little history lesson. We love that. We do. We do. Over the past 10 years of being a band, until COVID-19, of course, we've had the opportunity to share the stage with some of our musical heroes, be on national TV, and travel the U.S. and abroad, playing this style of music professionally. Anyone who has ever been an artist, ran a small business, or any sort of side hustle project that requires a website or social media page knows how much work it is to stay relevant, create a fan base, and always be putting out new content. I'm sure you ghoulish gals can relate. (laughs) So it was the summer of 2016 when I had the idea of doing a YouTube video series called The Old House Sessions. We would hire a film crew to come out to a friend's 1800s farmhouse, sit around one microphone, and capture this style of music exactly the way it would have sounded in the 19th century. For privacy purposes, we'll call the owner of the historic house Jan. Oh, do you hear Dante? He likes Jan. He does. (laughs) Jan was a fellow Civil War enthusiast history nerd, an all-around crazy cool lady who worked with my mother-in-law. We hadn't met previously, but for years I heard stories of how she had literally spent her whole life acquiring antiques and other cool trinkets to someday fill up her future dream home. In the winter of 2010, her dream finally became a reality when she bought a beautiful two-story federal-style salt box house built in 1840 along the historic National Road here in Ohio. She immediately moved in, filling it with antique furniture, Civil War-era tintypes, and creepy Victorian artwork. To take her obsession with the past a step further, she flourished it with no modern touches at all. You won't find an an air conditioning, television, or even electric heat at Jan's house. Instead, these modern amenities are traded in for long days working out in the garden, raising sheep and spinning wool, and chopping wood for the long winter ahead. It was like a dream come true for her. And I have to admit, I was a bit jealous of her somewhat extreme life. She was truly living out history. After driving out to her place, finally meeting Jan in person and inspecting this incredible time capsule of a house, I knew it was the perfect place to stage our video shoot. The history nerd inside of me was jumping up and down, especially when she gave me a complete tour of the house, explained its important role in the Underground Railroad, and began to take me down to the spooky cellar. As we descended, 
further down into the musty darkness. She proceeded to tell me that one day, shortly after moving in, she was moving boxes and stumbled upon something that left her completely speechless. There in the corner, on one of the large foundational stones, were very clear man-made tick marks about three to four inches each. It was further confirmation to her suspicions that slaves were at one time trafficked or hid in her cellar, waiting to safely move into the night to the next conductor and one step closer to freedom. Whether the tick marks represented the time they spent down there or the number of slaves that had passed through the place, one thing was for certain. This was a very special house. Of course, my inner curiosity got the best of me when I boldly asked her if she had ever had any supernatural experiences in the house. As a firm believer in the paranormal, she didn't waste any time telling me a couple of great stories. From random cold spots to audible voices and footsteps, being awakened in the night by children laughing, remember, she lives alone, (laughs) to continuously seeing a full-bodied apparition of a slave in the corner of the cellar where we had just come from. Don't worry, he doesn't come out of the corner, but I do see him often, she reassured me. It seemed she had experienced more than her fair share of paranormal events in just the few short years she had lived there. I have to say, when I walked out of that house and into the darkness to my car, I sincerely questioned, even as a lover of old houses, if I would be comfortable staying there overnight, let alone live there. Still, we exchanged numbers and confirmed a date for the big shoot to take place. It was a hot and humid July evening as the band and I, along with a full video crew, descended upon the house. Due to the extreme heat earlier that day, mid-90s, we had decided to film in the evening since the house would be a literal brick oven if we had tried in the afternoon. By the time everyone arrived and we got set up, we only had about an hour before darkness and light was already fading fast. The plan was to capture four total songs with about three takes each before all agreeing it was the one. We would change locations around different rooms in the house and conclude on the back porch as our last location. After setting up and doing an audio check, we were ready to begin. We were about 40 seconds into the first take when our video guy quickly gave us the cut sign. (laughs) Frustrated, I asked what was wrong. I don't know what's going on, he said. Both of our cameras literally just shut off at the same time. I could sense the panic in his voice, knowing we were already off to a bad start without any time to spare. So we waited patiently as they swapped out the batteries. After a few minutes of readjusting, we got the go-ahead to begin again. This time, it was less than 15 seconds into the second take when he angrily yelled, No! We stopped playing again. I really don't know what's going on. Our batteries keep draining, and this was charging all night. We sat in a frustrated silence as they deliberated what to do. Up to that point, still not thinking this was the result of anything paranormal, it slowly started to hit me that maybe something inside that room did not want us there and was tampering with the equipment. Was it a bad idea to come here after all? I kept my thoughts to myself. After talking it over, still no one mentioning anything paranormal, we decided to pull the plug on attempting to capture something in the first room and go into another, 
due to the fact that we were quickly losing daylight. After resettling, resetting everything up in a second room nearby, we were finally getting somewhere. We successfully finished three complete videos inside the rest of the house without any additional problems. As it started getting dark, we relocated to the back porch, which had been recently rebuilt to exact 1840s specifications. For the grand finale, we would do the last song, a haunting old ballad, completely by the light of oil lamps. It was an eerie and fitting environment as the flickering orange-yellow light cast dark shadows over our faces and enhanced the solemnity (laughs) of the song's content in the looming nature of the house itself. The last song went off without a hitch. We were done. We could all let off a sigh of relief. However, I had one final idea. A bonus round, if you will. Would it be okay if we did a song down in the old slave cellar? I asked. Naturally, the guys were intrigued. Sure, Jan said. But what song would we play? We hadn't planned for this, so I ran over our song catalog in my head. Immediately, one popped in. Why don't we play a Civil War era tune? It would be perfectly fitting to play something from the era down there. The guys obliged. I was giddy. The song I picked out was a traditional Civil War era fiddle tune called John Brown's Dream. John Brown being the abolitionist who in today's standards would be considered a fanatical terrorist. Yet the theme fit the location, so we went with it. We quickly packed up our instruments and headed down into the cellar without microphones, equipped with a simple iPhone to capture the moment. Now, this is important to remember for later. I was the first to walk down to the cellar and the one to initiate this portion of unscripted recording. Little did I know, I was about to leave with a little more than just a video of the event. Again, we plowed through the final tune without a hitch. It was a thrill playing a 19th century fiddle tune from that era down in that cellar where escaped slaves were once smuggled. They certainly would have known the name John Brown without a doubt. And here we were playing a song with his name in the title 180 years later. Anyway, we reviewed the videos one last time, thanked Jan for letting us take over her house for the evening and left knowing we all just did something really cool. (sighs) Here I go. (laughs) A brief intermission. Spooky. I'm getting excited. <laughs> oh, yeah. Da- Dante getting, is getting excited. Getting to too, the heat of the moment. I meowing. know. I heard Dante screaming back there. <laughs> I was nearly halfway home when I started sensing a burning sensation on my back. I thought I had maybe just bumped into something, or perhaps it was some dust from the house that had creeped up my shirt as I was having some sort of allergic reaction. However, it wasn't until I got home, removed my shirt, and looked in the mirror when I was taken back by what I saw. Reflected back at me in the mirror were multiple fresh scratch marks down my back of varying lengths. I turned. More on my side. A few smaller ones on my arm. Uh, do you remember bumping into me at any point tonight? I asked my wife, now a bit concerned from the other room. No. Why? She responded. 
I started recalling the evening events in my head. I never even touched anyone or anything, and she would have been the only person with nails long enough to inflict that sort of damage. I had some initial suspicions that I had met the wrath of whatever I disturbed in the basement with my crazy time travel ideas, but nothing could be for sure, of course. I was a bit creeped out, but shrugged it off and went to bed. I told no one else what I found on my body that night. About a week later, I received a random text from Jan. It was a Saturday morning, and we were scheduled to play a local event that I knew she would be attending. Hey, come find me when you get there tonight, was all it said. Worried that her strange, brief text had more to do with something being accidentally broken during the filming, I anxiously awaited the evening, my head spinning with what it could possibly be. After arriving and setting up on stage, my eyes locked with hers in the crowd. Having waited all day to talk, I quickly ran down and walked over to her. Hey, what's up? I said. Are you okay? She asked with sincere worry in her voice and ignoring my initial question. She took my arm and looked around as if paranoid, like someone were listening. What do you mean? I now nervously asked. She pulled me aside. What she explained next has literally left me baffled to this day. She began to tell me that the previous Previous evening, on a Friday, she had her two granddaughters over to spend the night. It was a normal evening of fun, pizza, and games, with the festivities concluding and everyone going to bed around 10.30 or 11 p.m. At some point, something very strange happened upstairs in the girls' bedroom. Jan was awakened around 2 a.m. by the slamming of the girls' door, and then came the sound of boots walking across the old wood floors. Sensing the girls were up causing mischief, she walked up the steps to the second floor. However, she was very confused when she opened the door and peered in. The girls were sound asleep. She checked around the house, found no intruder, and went back to bed. The next morning at breakfast, Jan received a startling revelation from the youngest of her granddaughters. They had been oddly silent, which was a stark contrast to their excitement and laughter the previous evening. Finally, the youngest girl spoke up. She proceeded to tell Jan that in the middle of the night, she was awakened by a strange tapping noise coming from one of the corners of the room. Her sister was sound asleep beside her. She lay in the bed with her eyes open, paralyzed with fear as the tapping got louder and louder. She opened her eyes and turned toward the area the noise was coming from. The more her eyes focused, the more she realized something was there with them, standing in the Mm -hmm. darkness on the far end of the room where the tapping was coming from. She closed her eyes again and pulled the covers a little tighter. When she reopened them, the figure had moved eight to ten feet closer without ever actually walking. It was now standing closer to the bed, just staring. She could make out details and describe them confidently. The man was dark-figured and dark-skinned, African-American, shaved head, wearing a long, drabby shirt with dark pants and suspenders. She couldn't move, couldn't speak, or even nudge her sister to wake up. Thinking she could still possibly be dreaming, she nervously closed her eyes one last time, squeezed hard, prayed it would disappear, and slowly reopened them. He was still there. This time, however, to her astonishment, the man audibly spoke to her. What he said next literally sends chills down my spine as I type this. 
tell the man in the cellar I didn't want to hurt him. A pause. Tell the man in the cellar we didn't want to hurt him. I told no one. I told absolutely no one about the scratch marks on my body except my wife. And even then, I didn't go into detail. The little girl who knew nothing had confirmed everything. I literally stood there as Jan told me this, absolutely stunned. I began to tell her about the scratch marks I found after I left that night and showed her the pictures on my phone and the unhealed spots on my arm. She was stunned as I was and wouldn't stop apologizing. I knew it was you. I just had a feeling. She kept stating that as long as she's lived there, she's never once had any entity attack her or anyone else. I guess I was a first. This was further confirmed when I walked back to the stage, probably looking like I just saw a literal ghost, and I asked the guys if they had found any marks on themselves after the shoot that night. Clearly confused as to why I was asking this right before showtime, they all looked at me like I was dumb. I'll explain during the break. (laughs) Later, upon telling them what had happened, it was confirmed to me that no one else had received any other wounds that night. Jan and I tried to logically explain what had happened to me and why I was singled out. The only thing we came up with is that because I had very vocally initiated things, was the first down the steps and brought a whole crew of people down into the normally quiet, secluded cellar, let alone with recording and video equipment. Perhaps the spirits thought we were ghost hunters and mistook my excitement as aggression. Or perhaps it's the nature of why they were down in the cellar in the first place. Maybe they were reliving earthly feelings of the constant, unrelenting fear of being caught or discovered and returned to bondage. Perhaps even in death, they were still in fear of being captured, just in a very different form. All I know for sure is, I left that night with much more than just a video. I left with a truly remarkable experience that I still to this day cannot explain. Thanks for reading, and I hope you guys enjoyed it. As always, I'm attaching some photos for you guys and your listeners, which we will post on Instagram. Brandon. Oh, my Lord. Ooh. I'm going to have nightmares. Yeah. Wowzy wow. I mean, imagine, imagine being a little girl and like having some man speaking to you while you're sleeping. Nope. And he got to the bed without ever walking there. (laughs) I'd be like, can you text me? I'm, I don't, I'm too tired to talk. That's my preferred method of contact. I also love that Jan has like no AC and like totally lives in this 1800s home, but she's out here texting people. I I love love that. I love it. Oh my God. Also it, I mean, even if not for the fact that this home was built in the 1800s, like obviously it's going to have some activity but the fact that she like collects all of these items and pieces from the time period mm-hmm. like i'm sure so many of those objects have 100%. spirit attachment and are haunted themselves so damn i mean damn of course something happened there yes i feel like this is scarier than the uh, the Civil War story you had shared before. Yeah, I mean, well, because that was like this. It, this is, I don't know. I mean, getting scratched and like 
being a child yeah. and having someone talk to you while you're trying to sleep is yeah. like so scary. Yeah. Traumatizing. Yeah. I wonder if she still thinks about that like every day because I just I can't imagine. Wow, wow. Wow. Well, Brandon, that was truly something. I've got some goosebumps. Yeah. When um God, I don't even remember one part, but I've read this story a couple of times and I still got chills when reading it again. So she's chilling up, y'all. She's frozen. She's chilled to the core. <laughs> so that so send them in. Send your stories. What are you send feeling? What are you sensing? Hey, you know what I've been watching recently? What? Surviving Death on Netflix. <gasps> What's that? Go Ooh. watch it. It's a real good one. Okay. Let me make sure. Let me make sure that's the title. So y'all stay with me real quick. <laughs> okay. But it's spooky. No. That's it. Surviving death on Netflix. Yep. Okay. It goes like I've had to rewind it a couple times because it goes into the just life after death. And what is that? And what have people seen Ooh. here on earth that can tell <sighs> us? what that looks like Dang, and it's, that sounds cool. it's very interesting honestly i've re- i've had to I w- i've watched episode one and two and i've had to rewind a lot so i can get so i can catch that perspective again you She's know taking notes right i'm taking notes exactly i think it's interesting wow like i gotta it. watch that and then we'll all we'll all talk about it i think we should yeah, we'll uh, we'll have a group discussion in the Facebook group. And has anybody experienced that where you're that close to death? <gasps> yeah, like, I would love to know. I really want that would be how cool. you know what what it is that goes through your soul's conscience when you're at yeah. that, that level. Near death experiences very cool to talk about. People who have like died for a second or uh-huh. more, cool to hear about. Also, just like. Anything weird or creepy that's happened to you that, like, you don't necessarily think is paranormal, but just, like, spooked you and you're still thinking about it, people are just looking for a good scare, a good fright. Hey, we uh, we just want all the knowledge we can have at Golden Ghouls. That's it. The Golden Ghouls podcast at gmail.com. Hit us up. Mm -hmm. And uh, thank you to Brandon and our dearest Fatima for sending your stories. And uh, until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh. Ooh.